Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, it's Claire here. While we work on the next season of Money Clinic and our very exciting Christmas special, we're revisiting some of this year's most popular episodes. Buying your own home and starting to invest money in the stock market are two of the topics we know you love to hear about. And this episode explains how you can use ISAs to achieve both of those goals. Stay tuned to hear Harley Reid, who bought her first flat in her 20s, and Iona Bain, who uses her ISA to invest. Two different stories packed with plenty of tips and takeaways. So what can you expect from season three? We'll be giving a listener an investment portfolio overhaul, delving deeper into crypto, and even going on the road with the most famous rock and roll band in the world. And it's not too late to get in touch with us if you'd like some expert help on a money problem that's bugging you. It can be anything at all, but here are some specific subjects we're looking to delve into. I'm really keen to hear from couples who have questions about managing money in a relationship, entrepreneurial listeners who are looking to scale up their side hustle, and people who are navigating how to support their parents financially. To get in touch, email me, money at ft.com, or send a DM on Instagram or Twitter. My account is at Claire B. For now, back to how you can use ISAs to invest tax-free or save up towards getting your own home. With so many financial products on the market, how do you know which one is right for you right now? Take the ISA. So I have one. I know I have one. It's got a pound in it, but I never did anything with it because I didn't kind of know what it was going towards. ISAs have been on the mind of Ryan, a recent UK graduate who's just set up his first business and dreams of buying his first home. Saving for a house presents a lot of challenges in terms of saving, increasing income and not knowing where to start. He knows ISAs are saving and investment products that could help him get there more quickly, but he's not quite sure how. There's all of the kind of jargon around ISAs. So when you're engaging with the financial world for the first time, you're trying to translate everything as you go. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times dedicated to tackling real-life financial issues. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's Consumer Editor. So what exactly is an ISA? 
It stands for Individual Savings Account. So far, so simple. And they're unique to the UK. However, a lot of the tips and strategies we're going to discuss can be applied to your investments wherever you are in the world. Use ISAs right and they can turbocharge your savings with bonuses and tax perks worth thousands of pounds. But there are lots of different products to choose from, something that Ryan finds a little daunting. As a young person and recent university graduate, I feel both prepared and unprepared for my financial journey over the years to come. Let's talk a little bit about ISAs because in terms of financial products, they are pretty wondrous for people living in the UK. What do you think an ISA is for? That's a very, very good question. I mean, I think an ISA is an example of kind of a financial product that can be invested in, but then there are so many different types that contain different things. Last November, Ryan rushed to open one kind of ISA called Help to Buy in order to save for a property after he read these popular accounts were being phased out. I know it's got something to do with property, but other than that, I couldn't tell you whether I can take money out of it or I I think it's locked away. And Ryan's managed to open other ISA accounts. So how many ISAs have you actually got, Ryan? (laughs) Three, I think. Yeah, I think there's one that is the help to buy that I did right before the deadline. There is the lifetime one that I think I set up. I can't remember, actually. I think I think I have one of them. And I have a stocks and shares ISA. So Ryan has three different types of ISAs, but he's not sure how to maximise their benefits in order to save for a property or invest for the long term. My personal long-term goal is to save for a deposit for a house. How can I go about doing that in the best way to prepare myself to get on the property ladder? How can I set my expectations? But it's a complex thing to think about. And I wonder what might I be able to use ISIS for? If, like Ryan, you're a bit confused about ISIS, fear not. You're going to hear from two great experts who'll explain how young people can use ISAs to help them buy a property, invest for the long term, save tax, and earn a government bonus worth up to £33,000. And I'll be on hand to tell you the rules and catches you need to look out for. Millions of young savers opened a help to buy ISA before the deadline last November with dreams of getting on the property ladder. But plenty of people, Ryan included, don't quite understand how to do this. So meet someone who already has. Harley Reid used the help to buy ISA to purchase her first flat in London. And impressively, she achieved this at the age of 24. For people like Ryan, who've rushed to open a help to buy ISA before the deadline last November, how can they go about using that product? Firstly, he did the absolute right thing. So for everyone that has done that, well done and congratulations. If you've got one, you can put in £200 a month until November 2029. So you've still got nine years to be able to save and use this financial product to contribute to buying your first home. And the reason that this ISA is absolutely amazing is that it is backed by the government. It's a government scheme. Therefore, at the time when you do decide to withdraw, be that all the way in November 2029, they will give you a 25% bonus. Let's spell that out. If you save £200 a month, the government will give you an extra £50 a month for free towards buying your first home. 
the maximum you can save is £12,000. And if you manage that, your 25% bonus would be worth an extra £3,000. But you can only use that money to buy a property up to a certain value. There are limits with all good things. And if you purchase your property inside London, the property value can be up to £450,000. Whereas outside of London, I believe it's £250,000. Harley herself was able to find plenty of properties in outer London that cost less than £450,000. But the next challenge was finding one she could afford. Even saving the maximum into your help to buy ISA may not be enough of a deposit to secure a mortgage. So, Harley, let's just talk a little bit about mortgages here, because for years, first-time buyers have been able to buy a house with a deposit of just 5% of the purchase value and then a mortgage for 95% of the rest. But because of the pandemic, the number of deals like that are coming down. You might need to save up a deposit of more like 10%. Yeah, so I will say that my purchase process did begin pre-pandemic, And I did manage to secure the 10% style deposit. So for me, it was basically a reverse engineering process of all these numbers. How much was I getting put into my help to buy ISA? How much was I saving in other places? How much do properties cost? And then working out the 10% bit of kind of all those figures. So working out how much money I had saved in total, and that equals 10%. That is my deposit money. That's all I have. Mm. I would also say, obviously, overshoot that a little bit for the fees and solicitors, things that happen as well. But I reverse engineered the process that way. For anybody buying in London or the southeast, extra savings will certainly be required. You could clearly see that saving £200 a month into the helps by ISA, although that was a great start and you'd get some extra money from the government, that wasn't going to be enough to meet what you needed for the deposit. So you had to have extra cash savings on top of that too. I'm a lifetime saver, always have been. Saved every crumb forever. It's just... That's why you're on the podcast. (laughs) That's why I'm on the podcast. But that's just basically the mentality and financial education that I had from home every birthday. Just constantly, constantly save. You never know what you're saving for. But it was just a pot of money that was going to be for something that I wanted that would cost a lot. So once I realized, you know what, this saving thing is going quite well, I could buy a place, buy a flat. And that's just basically the decision that I made. Lots of possibilities, but I wanted to know what Harley saw as the pros and cons of the Help to Buy ISA. I would say one of the main pros is that even if you aren't planning on buying the property anymore, but you have actually opened the Help to Buy ISA, you will see that it's one of the best interest rates that you can still get. But one con is that there are restrictions on the bonus. This money that you're saving, as much as it is for the property purchase, is only eligible for your deposit. You can't use it to pay any of the solicitor's fees. You can't use it to pay for, you know, the brand new bed. It does simply go just towards your deposit. Another pro is if you don't manage to buy a property before the final deadline of 2029, you can get your cash back with interest, but you won't get the bonus. It's not locked in forever. If you decide that you're not going to buy the property, but you have already got the account, that's fine. You can close it just like any other normal ISA and withdraw without the bonus. I think the worst thing about the help to buy ISA is that not enough people got them. So I would definitely say if you managed to get one in before the deadline to make every contribution that you can and hold on to that thing for dear life. Now, if you did miss out on the help to buy ISA, there is an alternative. 
the government launched a new account for the under 40s to use for property or retirement, and it could potentially net you a savings bonus of £33,000. Iona Bain, the writer behind the Young Money blog, is here to tell us more. It's called the Lifetime ISA. It's aimed at young people specifically because you have to be over 18 but under 40 to open one. And you can only use it for two purposes, to buy your first home or to build your retirement fund. Now, the way it works is that you get a government bonus worth 25% on whatever you save. So if you save £1, you get a bonus of 25p. And then if you scale that up, for every £100 you save, you get £25. For every grand you save, you get £250. You get the idea. So with an annual limit of £4,000, that means you're getting a maximum of £1,000 from the government every year. So if you were to do that from the age of 18 until the maximum saving age allowed in the product, which is 49, then you would get £33,000 free from the government, which is completely unrivaled in the market. Ryan has one of these products, but he doesn't really understand the rules or how to use it. So Mm -hmm. let's spend a little bit of time unpicking those. If you are a first-time buyer, you can use it to buy any property on the open market anywhere in the country, as long as it's worth up to £450,000. Alternatively, you can use the LISA to invest for your retirement and then withdraw the money when you're 60. Now, you can withdraw the money from your LISA for other purposes and you can do so at no cost if you are terminally ill. But if you are going to withdraw money otherwise, then normally you would pay a penalty worth 25% on the amount you take out. For listeners like Ryan who want to use their ISA to save for their first home, How does the Lifetime ISA, or LISA, compare to the Help to Buy ISA? I think there are three main reasons why the LISA is better than the Help to Buy ISA. Okay. So firstly, the LISA comes with a much bigger bonus, kind of a no-brainer there. Now, with the LISA, the bonus is paid monthly, whereas the Help to Buy ISA only pays your bonus after you exchange contracts on your house, but before completion. And that sounds fair enough, but in reality, it's actually meant people have had this shortfall in their deposit when they've been buying their property. Finally, the purchase limit is higher outside London for the lifetime ISA compared to the Help to Buy ISA. It's £450,000 across the UK. For people like Ryan who have both types of ISA, is it possible to roll them together? I think it's important to also note that you can transfer money from your Help to Buy ISA to your LISA, but the funds you transfer will count towards the £4,000 annual limit for the LISA, and you won't get that help to buy bonus. Perhaps the biggest difference with the lifetime ISA is that you can either keep your savings in cash or invest them in the stock market. But how do you decide which to do? Generally speaking, I would say put it into savings if you are saving for your first home, put it into the stock market if you're investing for the long term, i.e. your retirement, because your money will have much longer to grow in the stock market. This is a big decision for young savers to make. Iona says you need to do some careful thinking. So I would say the big three LISA questions, if you're thinking about investing for your first home, are, are you sure you want to buy? If you're not sure, I would stick to savings. I would stick to the help to buy ISA because you won't be penalised for withdrawing from that. Are you confident that you'll buy within five years? Because if you are, again, stick to saving 
because that's going to be much more sensible. Generally speaking, you shouldn't be investing your money for less than five years. And finally, how comfortable do you feel risking your home deposit? Because some people are more naturally cautious than others. And some people feel much more relaxed about seeing the value of their money go up and down in quite big ways. The answers to these questions will determine who you can open your lifetime ISA with. Building societies offer cash accounts. Online investment platforms will let you put your money in funds and shares. Now, one of the biggest advantages of an ISA is that it protects your money from tax. For this reason, Iona and I like to think of ISAs as legal tax havens. Yes, you heard it right. There's no capital gains tax. That's the tax that you pay on the profits you make when you sell your investments. There's no tax on dividends, which is really useful if you're looking for income as an investor. And you don't pay any income tax on money you take out in the future. So that's what makes the ISA such a popular option for savers and investors. And remember, those tax benefits increase as the value of your investments grow. It's worth bearing in mind that as you start out as an investor, you're probably not going to be making huge returns on your money. But in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years time, you may be really glad that you started out in an ISA wrapper so that you don't have to pay a hefty tax bill when you want to make some profits on your investments. Mm. And it's worth pointing out that if you do sell some shares within your ISA and bank those profits, the money is there to reinvest in other things with all of the tax benefits preserved. Mm, And that's potentially quite a good strategy. It's something that I've been doing in my LISA when some of my investments have been performing very well. I've actually just been reinvesting those returns just to try and beef up the fund over time. To benefit from the tax perks, you need to understand the rules. Adults can save a maximum of £20,000 into tax-free accounts each year. This includes up to £4,000 into a lifetime ISA and up to £2,400 in a help-to-buy ISA. The ISA allowance resets every year on the first date of the tax year, which is the 6th of April. And that's why this time of year, i.e. February and March, is known as the ISA season because people will want to invest their money before the end of the tax year and really use up all the tax benefits that they're entitled to before the whole thing resets and you get a whole new tax allowance next year. And don't forget, it's also possible to save into a conventional ISA open to all ages which invests in stocks and shares. These don't come with a government bonus, but they do have the same tax advantages and you can get instant access to your money should you need it. You need to bear in mind that the Lifetime ISA can only be used either for your first home or for your retirement. So you would only be able to access that money age 60. So you might want to have a stocks and shares ISA for funds that you want to access earlier. That's a perfectly viable strategy for Ryan to pursue because having all your money locked up until you're 60 is not ideal. How do you feel that you won't be able to access any of the funds within your lifetime ISA until your 60th birthday. You know, Claire, I feel okay with that. I've made my peace with it because I have got a shorter term investment portfolio. So it's not like all my investment money is going into my lifetime ISA. I have a private pension now as well. And I have those options because I'm thinking about my future self. And I think we all get very hung up on the pension word and we kind of associate it with getting old and things that we don't want to think about as a young person. But 
the future will happen and we have to be ready for it. And it's worth saying as well that you don't need a lot of money to start saving into investment ISAs. Most of the regular platforms, if you commit to making a regular investment of £25 a month, that's enough to get started. Yes, lots of younger people are really put off investing because they think they need that huge lump sum. But actually, they don't. And it may be a better idea for them to just drip feed their money into the markets to smooth out the volatility of investing. So yes, as you say, even if you've only got you know £100 a month to invest, it's better than nothing. And you may be surprised at how quickly and impressively that will grow. So I hope you understand better now how to use ISAs to buy a home and about their bonuses and the tax perks. But let's just remember, this is ultimately all about saving and investing effectively. Some final thoughts from our experts. Harley, you describe yourself as a lifetime saver. I love that. What are your top savings tips? A phrase that I recently learned was lifestyle inflation which is when people do get into a position to earn more money, but instead of saving more money, they inflate their lifestyles. And I think that that is a trap that a lot of young people fall into that we should be careful of, which is don't inflate your lifestyle just because you've got more cash on hand. Focus on your savings goals first and you know inflate those instead. So I definitely think, you know, review your lifestyle choices. And if you're using ISAs to invest the money you've saved, here are some tips from Iona. Well, firstly, you need to make sure you have an emergency fund just in case there's a crisis in the short term. Can't think what that crisis could be. Also, you need to think about your employment status. So I'm self-employed and the Lifetime ISA is a useful product for me because I don't have a workplace pension. Now, a workplace pension is a real lifesaver for those who are full-time employees because you are going to get free money from your employer and you get tax relief i.e free money from the government and all that goes towards boosting your pension fund in the long term so if you are in a company pension stay in that company pension don't opt out however i would also say that you should consider the lifetime isa maybe not as an alternative to a pension but as an extra pension whatever route you choose iona has some golden rules to share diversify don't put all your eggs in one basket Try to resist the urge to sell shares on a regular basis. We've seen the rise of the day trader, people who seem to be making fantastic profits over a very short period of time. But don't expect that to happen for your portfolio and don't go into investing thinking that this is going to be a one day wonder. This is about investing for many years. And you need to make sure that you do your homework and you are really informed about the risks that you're taking. Having heard all the tips from Iona and Harley about using ISAs, what does Ryan make of it all? Yeah, it definitely makes me think it's a real challenge. And and I know that ISAs particularly, although they might have a bit of a reputation for some of the different rules, it does seem to me actually the opposite is true. Once you get beneath that initial detail, I can kind of picture how each product might fit into my financial future. And it really just shows that you can start small and, and kind of go from there. Mm. I did think as well that Harley's focus on the help to buy was really, really useful in terms of that £200 per month, the kind of reverse engineering mindset. Do you think that for some young people looking at the options, particularly for investment ISAs that you can use for the long term, it all just seems a bit too far away, you know, a problem for another day? 
Yeah, it definitely does. It can get into that mindset of, oh, it's future Ryan's problem. It's it's future me. You know, I haven't got to worry about it. I haven't got to think about it. But I think really that's part of what COVID has done for me as well. It's really made me sit back and think, as I've had more time straight out of university to think about my future, my career, my finances, I've hit that wall and thought, actually, I don't quite know. Some of these conversations and these answers have really given me a fantastic starting point to go ahead and then continue that journey. Mm. But also at the same time, understanding the shorter term aspects to some products and understanding that actually I might need that emergency fund that has that few months worth of income in such as crises, such as COVID. But then actually at the same time, trying to think even longer term and diversifying and making sure that you're not reliant too much on one product or one market. That's it for Money Clinic with me, Claire Barrett, this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you do, spread the word and leave us a review. If you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show and get some expert thoughts on a money issue that's bugging you, then email me. Our address is money at ft.com. You can also take a peek at our website, ft.com slash money, grab a copy of the FT Weekend newspaper, or follow me on Instagram at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced in London by Josh Delamere and Persis Love. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and our editor is Amy Keane. And the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, just so you know, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here next week. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.